Hello, Ms. Kapow. Well, hello, Brother Kapow. This is uh, Kapow Radio Show, and it's September 30th, 2019. All right. Today we're going to talk about a couple of criteria mm-hmm. about asking God right. for stuff. That's right. And it shall be done. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why we're talking about this, in, and I've fallen prey for this too, is that oftentimes you read a lot of the scriptures that say, ask whatever you will. And it shall be done. And it shall be done. Mm-hmm. And we all know, if you are you know, have any kind of Christian maturity, you all know that you have to ask within the will. The will of God. The Father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you know, grab it and blab it, mm-hmm. claim it, yeah, and paint it or whatever. So you're, you're going down Malibu. Yeah. And you see uh, that beautiful mansion. Yeah, by the water. <laughs> yeah. Owned by Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And you go, God, it says you'll desire, you know, you'll grant my desire in my heart. Mm-hmm. I want that mansion. That's... That's not quite what this one means. <coughs> and this, um, this text is in John 15. Yeah. Yeah. Starting in verse seven. And it says, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. So it's conditional that you need to abide in him and his words need to abide in you. Yeah. And it's, it's in this particular, around this whole area of this particular text, this whole, you shall ask and it shall be done is, is around three or four times that it's mm-hmm. Jesus mentions it. And in this particular part, he, he gives this criteria. It's always, you know, something of this effect in criteria. But you have to abide. We all have to abide. We have to reside, take our residence, our our place, um, not to depart from mm-hmm. Jesus. That's right. Right? Who's the word? He's the word. Now... You have to abide in him. He's the vine mm-hmm. or branches. Right. That's why we produce fruit because mm-hmm. the, 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 we get the nutrients and everything from the vine. That's right. We can't do nothing on our own. That's right. right? And then the other part is, and my words, right? Which is basic. It's the Greek is rima. That's right. It's his, his utterings, his sayings, his debars, his speech, his discourse. That's right. His, you could say, command statutes. If if those words abide in you, okay, you're abiding in the branch. Mm-hmm. His commands abide in you, like we were talking earlier about mm-hmm. ingesting the word of God. That's right. And getting, like Miss Capel was talking about um, Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1, yes. And getting that in her system, mm-hmm. like in every cell. That's right. Like like in her DNA. That's right. Where it's just it's not just memorized in the head, Mm-mm. but it's etched in the heart. Ooh, Ooh. that was good. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. So it's like etched in the heart. It becomes part of her. So that's what we're talking about here is his words abide in us. Mm-hmm. They become part of us. Then, then you shall ask what ye will of the Father, mm-hmm. right? In the name of Christ. And it shall be done unto you. That's right. So it doesn't say it might be. But it shall be because his word is is living in you and you're abiding. That means you're obeying his word. 
And when you know what the word of God is, then you know what the will of God is. So you will not ask amiss. Yeah. Perfect. You, know, you yeah. don't have to worry about. Oh, did I ask for the wrong thing? Yeah. You know, because you ask amiss for your fleshly desires. Yes. You actually ask for things according to the will of God. And that comes naturally or supernaturally, I should say, when you're abiding and his words abiding. you. Now, I think like, like sometimes when you're a new Christian, mm-hmm. you know, um, before you get all messed up, it's like it's easier to do because, you know, you're abiding in Christ. His words are abiding and you're learning and growing. But, you know, over a period of years, sometimes we kind of, we can have a tendency to stray from that. Mm-hmm. Not not so much abiding in the branch, but the words aren't really ingested anymore. You know, we, right. we, we get... You we become get complacent. Complacent and, and, you know. You know, yeah. And, and then we're not, we're not really seeking the Father on a lot of his... Of the will of what God wants us to do, and and decisions and things like that. So it's kind of like two criteria to keep in mind. You know, when you're when you're praying to God and wanting Him to move in your behalf, because it says it shall be done uh, here. So we have to just stand on that on faith, because mm-hmm. there's nothing else added to that. It doesn't say. <clears throat> if you abide in in me and my words abide in you, and you also pay triple tithe mm-hmm. um, or you also read the word every day and um, send a scripture reference on Facebook mm-hmm. um, or, you know, there's nothing else added to it or subtracted to it. It just is what this is. You're in Christ. His words are in you and whatever you ask, it shall be done unto you. Right. And then it goes on in verse eight and it says herein or because of this, Right. Is my father glorified? Well, how is mm-hmm. the father glorified? Because you bear much fruit. Because you bear much fruit. You're asking what you will and it shall be done unto you. And you're abiding in the branch. His words are abiding in you. And it's glorifying the father because you bear a lot of fruit. And then he says, so shall ye be my disciples. That's right. You shall be disciplined in my Discipline. Mm-hmm. You should be my disciples. And in verse nine, as the Father hath loved or agopied, the Father hath agopied me, so have I agopied you. And then continue, yes, in my love or the agape. Continue in my love. So we're in the branch, the words in him, and now we have in verse nine to continue in the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right, because like the father loved him, so he loves us, the church. Mm-hmm. And then verse ten says, "If you keep my commandments, right? It's a different word than rema. It is in in toli in It means exactly that: a commandment or a precept, an order." a charge, an injunction, if you keep my injunctions, that which is prescribed by, uh, prescribed to one by reason of office, right? You get it. If you keep Christ's commandments or what he's, he's asking us to do to love one another, to well, abide in the branch. Yep. And to love God. And with to all love of God. 
your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love others as yourself. Exactly. It says, if you, if you keep, if you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. So how do you continue in the love and live there and stay there? It's by keeping the commandments. And this goes right with having the word in you also. Mm-hmm. Abiding in the word. It's all just one big, you're all just one big organism, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So Christ is really our example in all of this. Definitely, definitely. <clears throat> Especially in this this gospel of John. You see him all the time saying, why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe me? The Father and I are one. Mm-hmm. I don't say anything of myself. I'm just speaking what the Father told me to say. And he's just over and over again talking about the will of the Father, right? Um. Let's see what I got else going here. Yeah, I have all right here. So then this is in connection. I thought, you know, there's a lot of scriptures that are connected to like this. But uh, lately we've been talking about Psalms 91. Mm-hmm. And this also kind of came to our attention. And it and it goes with this quite a bit. In Psalm 91, especially when you're under spiritual attack. Yeah. This is one of like the favorite Psalms. Mm-hmm. Oh, before I forget... It also has to do with Matthew um, 633 that says, Seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I that's like a that. really good um, scripture to go to well, as well. Let me go to that. Ma- Matthew 6 um, 33. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it says, uh, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, not your righteousness, not anybody's righteousness, but seek his. And what the kingdom of God is like, you know. Yeah. It's it's love, light, truth, justice. Yeah. And that's the first in place, the foremost, the principal thing we should be chasing after. Mm-hmm. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And that's basically putting him first, put God first, and he'll take care of all the rest of it. Yeah, really. That's that's really it. And that's, there's trust Mm -hmm. in here. You have to trust. You have to uh, surrender all in here. You have to surrender all to seek seek first the kingdom of God. That means everything, your trust, your surrender to yourself, your will, your whole life, your, your entire um, control of yourself to God. And then it says, like Ms. Kapow says, and all these things shall be added to you. Okay. Because mm-hmm. um, he was, before that, he was talking about, you know, don't worry about what you should eat, what you should drink, drink. what you should wear, because God the Father knows you have need of all these things. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to pursue these temporal things. Mm-hmm. Pursue the eternal things because God will take care of the temporal things for you. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he even says in verse 32 above it, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Mm-hmm. So people who, uh, when Jesus was, was was saying this, they were still under the, the law because mm-hmm. he had not died and resurrected yet. Uh, so there was Jews and Gentiles. And today we would say, you know, unbelievers. Mm-hmm. The world. Uh, the world. All these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He knows this. Uh, so you seek first the kingdom of God and then they're going to be added to you. 
Verse 34 uh, says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Ain't that the truth? Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth? So I'm glad you brought that up, Mish Karpara. Um, let's see. Let's go back to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And what, like I said, especially when you're doing um, any kind of spiritual attack, mm-hmm. this is like a, a great, a great psalm because it talks about all the protection you have. Right. And, and, it, your, and your position in God. Yes. And about how uh, basically you, you, you're protected in, in everything. And so it's, it's really neat to, to, to say, I mean, back in 2006, when, when I was going through my deal and, um, Miss Kapow had uh, got a spirit of, um, suicide on her mm-hmm. and I was at work and she had called me and I had just, I mean, I had just barely got out of my own funk, mm-hmm. you know, I was just barely able to pray on my own. Mm-hmm. And, um, she had called me and it said that, um, she felt weird in the spirit. Yeah, I was doing my homework in the office and the spirit of the Lord told me, you need to pray. You need to call somebody to help you pray. Mm-hmm. And just as he said that, this fear came over me. And as it came upon me, I saw myself hanging. And it, and I felt this, um, this hopelessness. And I knew that it was a spirit of suicide. And so I know what these poor people feel. They just feel this indescribable hopelessness. And so I had just called um, Paul. He wasn't there. I called my my mother-in-law, left a message on her machine. Um, I called my sister, and she was the one that answered. And so she told me, you need to get out of that room. And I said, I can't, because by this time, this spirit was so heavily on me that I could not move. And just as God would have it, my... We had this huge um, dog. English Mastiff. Yep. Sedona. And she was there. And I remember grabbing onto her collar. And she actually moved me out of that room to the outside. And I had the phone with me. And my sister was talking with me as I was moving out. And, um, And I would sit on the porch. Or we had a rocking chair. So I sat there. And just as I was talking to my sister... The phone beeped, so I picked it up, and I mean, I answered it. It was Paul, and so I told him what was happening. He said he was on his way, so I stayed on the phone with my sister until my husband came home, and then, because we really didn't know what to do, he just opened up the word, God, give us a word, give us what we need, Mm -hmm. and it opened up to um, Psalm 91, so I read it, and as I read it, that spirit lifted from me. Yeah. It wasn't something I like. I said I barely could pray to God myself at the time. Mm-hmm. I was so messed up, and I'd I'd worked about an hour and a half away, and so when I was just coming out of it, then the thing attacked my wife, and it was kind of, it was kind of like it made me pray to God because mm-hmm. my prayer, like on the way home, was <clears throat> you know God's one thing to attack me. I'm the one who sinned, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, you know, I should be punished, but you know, my wife's innocent on that. So it really, and it really made me mad that Satan was attacking her and stuff, but I didn't know what to do. 
like Ms. Kapow said, I just grabbed the Bible and just flipped it for the first thing. I mean, the first thing it opened, and it happened to be Psalm 91. And we walked around the house, and she was so depressed mm-hmm. um, when I came there. She looked, well, Actually, she looked like she was in an insane asylum when I first walked up. She had that look, you know. And, oh, the uh, oppression was oh, yeah. very, very thick. Yeah, and, and I, I, I felt that spirit of suicide myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a horrible, horrible feeling. Um, when you, when, when of, of hopelessness and despair, just mm-hmm. utterly despair when that spirit comes on you. I, I've, I've, I've felt that myself before. So you do, um, you're very, we are very sympathetic. Oh, definitely. People who, definitely. who end up, um, yielding, yielding to it. It's very strong and horrible, horrible feeling. And we just walked around the house quoting Psalm 91. That's interesting. But um, as as the years went by, we realized that this is like one of the biggest, you know, deliverance things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're going to read the psalm, but before we do that. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. It starts off with a position that as Christians, we all should be in, right? right? Positionally. And um, go ahead and ask about Verse one. Verse one says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And you notice the word abide in there. There it is. Thank you. Same abide. Now this is Greek, this is Hebrew, not Greek. And it but but it means the same thing, like the Greek word. It means to lodge. Mm-hmm. To stop, to stay permanently. Yeah. To endure. Mm-hmm. Not to leave. So it's the same abide. So when you abide in Christ and his words abide in you, then you ask whatever you shall and it shall be given you. And this is he that dwells. Basically, it's um, who who inhabits. Same mm-hmm. thing. You remain. You abide. Sometimes this word, this Hebrew word, yasab, is translated abide. In mm-hmm. fact, 70 times it's translated abide. So he that dwells or hangs out in <laughs> makes his dwelling place in the secret. It's a hiding place. Mm-hmm. It's not like arch type C, but it's a shelter. It's a hiding place. You, you abide in that hiding place of the most high. That's Yahweh. That's our God. Shall abide. Shall live there under the shadow or the shade. It's comfort of the Almighty, Almighty, which is El El Shaddai, the Almighty God, El Shaddai, Almighty, most powerful God, El Shaddai. That's positionally where you want to be. 
Mm-hmm. You want to be that he that you want to be that he mm-hmm. or she that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. But verse two is the condition to the rest of the psalm. Verse two is the condition for verse one and then from verse three on. Right. And it says, I will say of the Lord. So this is you saying this of God, okay? That he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and in him will I trust. And why, oh, my dog's just... There's a hallelujah. My dog's just got (laughs) blessed. There they go. Um, And why, now, now why this is conditional? Because you don't really see it at first in verse two. But it is conditional because if, if you... Or a person can't say of the Lord, right? That's of of Yahweh, of our Almighty God, El Shaddai. If we can't say of Him that He's my or our refuge, our shelter mm-hmm. from from our from hope from danger, yeah, He's our trust, everything. He's our shelter. He's everything. If we can't say He's that, and we can't say He's our fortress right? Our stronghold. All this is trust. Mm -hmm. And then if we can't say he's my God, my Elohim, right? Mm -hmm. And in him, God, will I trust? Have faith in. Yes. Confidence, hope, to be bold, to be secure. So in verse two is all about trusting. And uh, we know, Ms. Kapow and I know from experience, that there are times, both naturally and demonically, that that hope, that trust is sabotaged. Mm-hmm. And so you go through problems and you start seeking trust and refuge and fortress from other areas. Mm-hmm. You might still be praying to God, right? You still might reading his word and the whole bit. But in addition to that, you're also going out and seeking various methods of deliverance mm-hmm. from your trouble. And um, it could be from deliverance ministers. It could be from family. It could be from comfort. Um, it could be from eating donuts. I don't know. You know, it's pretty clear. So it's it's not like you're not a Christian. It's not like positionally, verse one is not you. But if if Satan, the accuser, the deceiver, if he can get if he can get us to to not say that the Lord is our refuge and our complete fortress and that he's our God and in him will I trust? If he could get just a little doubt in there and we're going to trust our finances or trust our education or trust mm-hmm. our own ability That's right. to some degree, if he can do that, then not, not spiritually, realistically does it move us out of that position, but now we can't say that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of the Almighty, because we are not saying he's our refuge and our fortress and only in him are we trusting. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? So it moves us spiritually 
even if not realistically, out of that position. So then the rest of it that's supposed to protect us from satanic attack is is negated because we're not trusting in that position. Yeah, we're not trusting our Elohim. Does that make sense? It's just it's just like John 15. It's just like John 15. If you're not abiding in Christ, right? Or say you're a Christian, you love Jesus and everything, but you're not quite abiding 100% in there. You're also abiding in other things. Mm-hmm. Your career, your finances, yourself, your good looks, your charm, your ability to be a motivational speaker. You're abiding in other things. And Christ's words are, are, you love them, you like the word, but you also have a lot of other stuff abiding in you. Mm -hmm. Chinese philosophy, Buddhism, yoga. I don't, you just name, I'm just spitballing. Then when you ask whatever you shall ask, it's not done for you. And you're like, why are my prayers answered? Because you're not fully abiding in Christ alone and his words in you. It's mixed. Make a sense? So it's the same thing. So he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But to be there positionally, you need to be able to say of the Lord, of, of God, Yahweh, you need to be able to say this. He is my refuge. That's right. And my fortress. Mm-hmm. My God, in him will I trust. And if you could say that and really believe it, then positionally you're in verse one. Amen? Amen. If you can't, now you have some problems and you got to get there. Mm -hmm. So Ms. Capel will read verse three on down. So once you get positionally in that secret place of the most high under the shadow of the almighty, then this all comes to fruition. That's right. Verse three says, surely... He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. And you see that that's a very um, true to Ephesians 6. Yes. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. And I will set him on high, because he has known my name. And he shall call upon me, and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, and with a long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Beautiful stuff. And all that needs to apply because we have to say, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. If there's not complete trust, then this has um, a little more difficulty coming into play, Mm -hmm. right? 
Um, so dwelleth in the secret place. It denotes nearness to God, such as um, to abide or lodge, secure from assaults. It can well use the terms of trust. Okay. Snares and noisome pestilence, literally plagues of mischief. I thought that was interesting. Plagues mm -hmm. of mischief is literally what it means. Uh, Psalms 5.9. Think about demons on this, Ms. Mm -hmm. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. No, demons lying. Lie. Lying demons. Their inward part is very wickedness. Yep. Right? Their throat is an open sepulcher. Sleep to death. And look at that. The fl they flatter with their tongue. Mm -hmm. And the word, the, 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 the flatter there means to, um, it means to divide. Where'd they go? It's right there. Oh, thank you, Miss Graham. Flatter means to, uh, let's see, to divide, to distribute. To separate. To separate. See? So that's what they do when, when, when these devils come and talk. There's no faithfulness. It means there's no faith. There's no, they're just doubters. You know, we call them doubters. And they're very wicked. They're evil. They're demonic spirits. Their throat's an open sepulcher. Everything they say leads to death and they divide with their tongue. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. <clears throat> but if you're biting in the shell of the Almighty, if you're trusting, uh, He's going to deliver you from the stare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. Does it say they won't exist? Nope. No, it just says you'll be delivered from them. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, buckler, like you mentioned, is literally found in Ephesians. It's a mm -hmm. surrounding. Let's see. In 7 and 8, it talks about the thousand shall fall at thy right side and 10,000 at the right hand and it shall not come 90. It says security is more valuable as being special and therefore evidently of God. And while 10,000s of the wicked fall, the righteous are in such safety, they only see the calamity. So amen. that's where you want to be. Hey, amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> in verse 9 through 12, because you make the Lord your refuge, even the most high the habitation, no evil shall befall you. No plague will come to your dwelling. Does it say evil doesn't exist? No, no it exists. Does plagues exist? They exist. Um, but you're protected from that. The exemption from evil is the result of trust in God. That's right. And we learned that in verse two. Who employs angels as ministering spirits. In Hebrews 1.14, it says, are they not all ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Amen. That's you and I. Mm -hmm. So we should have angels all around us, right? Yep. Um, and we're trampling on adders and um, all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I liked what you, Ms. Kapow came up with um, earlier where it says, uh, the angels will give charge over thee and keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands. At least you dash your foot against the stone. Yeah, and the stone being Christ Jesus, that you don't stumble over him like John the Baptist. Yeah. You know, when he was in prison, he sent his disciples, he goes to the Lord Jesus and say, and ask him, are you the, the one, one or should we have to look for another one? And then Jesus had John the Baptist's uh, disciples stay with him and yeah. so that they could witness his miracles. And then they were sent back to John the Baptist to tell him all the things that he had done 
as a witness so that John the Baptist would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is truly the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Oh, that's beautiful. And that came to Miss Kapow just reading that, and I thought that was a really neat insight. You know, that could be found in the Miss, the Miss Kapow commentary of the entire <laughs> uh, Bible. Yeah, that was a great, you know, because it's true. It says, dash thy foot against a stone, but it's like, um, yeah, so you don't stumble because he, he's the cornerstone, the one that they stumble. What, what does he say? Um, what are them who stumble over me, but, you know, you're really messed up if, mm. if it crushes you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Type of thing. Um, yeah, we have to be, it is love. It's just like the John, you know, that we, we, uh, you know, we read about, um, after, you know, you can trample on the lion, the dragon under your feet. He set, he has set his love upon me. You know, and it is, it's like, uh, it's like John that we just read setting Mm -hmm. his love upon me. And as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Amen. Right? It's kind of all tied in there, Miss Kapow. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? That's wonderful. So I hope that kind of made sense to everybody. Um, you have anything else to add on that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, you know, um, in church, we're, we're studying um, the Corinthians agape. These people don't think I go to church. Don't let them know that I started going back to church. Because <laughs> I rant and rave about it. Don't let them know that I... Well, anyways, we're studying oh, the, no. um, the book in Corinthians about agape. And when you look at the description of what love is, that's God. And what's interesting is that, um, you know, we have faith, hope, and, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love, which, who is God, God is love, never fails. No. God never fails. And I just think that's um, amazing. And that, you know, I mean, I love, I love that put together because God is agape. Mm-hmm. This one says, God is agape. And Ms. Kapow said a long time ago, love isn't God. Mm-hmm. God is love. God. The is world like- mixes it up and they, um, ooh, look at that. I'm not going <laughs> to, we just saw something pop up on the computer. Ooh. Uh, the world mixes it up and, and says, you know, they worship love as God. Mm-hmm. But love isn't God. God is agape. Is agape. And I love that, the way you put that together, that Love or agape, which is God, will never, never He will never fail. fail. He will never you know? fail us. So, you know, that's what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, and all this stuff, though, though he has all the gifts of the Spirit and knowledge and faith and all this stuff, if he have not agape, which is God, I am nothing. So mm-hmm. all the gifts, I love this one, you know, even if I have faith so I could remove mountains. Can you imagine if you had mountain-moving faith? Mm-hmm. You know, just you're just a man of faith. I oh, Jesus, right? But if, if you don't have God, if you don't have the agape in there, you're nothing. And that's why you can get where Jesus says, you know, where he's separating the sheep and goat, and and, the, and they come, and they go, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't you do that? You're able to do all these these things in His name, but without agape, it's nothing. It's nothing without without God without. Being in that vine and that word being in you, 
it's it's nothing, mm-hmm. right? So it it without agape, it profiteth nothing. Paul says, even though he could feed the poor, do all that stuff. And so let's we'll look at this. What oh, agape? God is love, right? Right. God is love. So these are the characters. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, at one time I read this scripture that says like this: Jesus suffers long and is kind. Yeah. Jesus envies not. Jesus vaunts not itself. And Jesus is not puffed up. Jesus does not behave himself unseemly, nor does he seek his own. Jesus is not easily provoked, and he thinks no evil. And he rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. He bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endure, endures all things. Love never fails. Jesus yeah, never, never fails. fails. There you have it. <clears throat> also in verse 7 when he said, bears all things, believes all things. Well, there you have your trust issues too. Mm-hmm. And Psalms 91 verse 2 that you, you have to say, he's my God, he's my fortress. I trust in him. That's right. And Jesus believed all things, you know, all things that were of God. And, that's right. And that's why he can never fail, even though prophecies will fail, tongues will cease, everything will happen. But, but love, love will won't. always abide yep. because God is love. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good ending there, Mr. Pan. Praise the Lord. All right. Give them a chow. Chow, babies. Change man.